This is Wilson from F3 Dayton with your weekly QSource topic, where we review a chapter of the QSource while also hearing a classic episode of the 43 Feet podcast featuring Dread and Dark Helmet. This week's topic from the book is Q2.2, Influence, Igniting a Palpable Desire for Movement. I've said many times over the past few years since I've joined F3 that each time I've read through the QSource, I get something out of it. And some of it is starting finally to stick. And this particular cue point, while directed at influencing other men to advantage, can have a profound impact on all of our relationships. Maybe you have a six-year-old that doesn't want to eat his or her veggies. Do you demand that they do? Or should you wield influence? And what to do in another decade when that same toddler is now asking to borrow the car keys? How do you shape that behavior? What about the relationships at work? Maybe by your position you could demand certain actions downline, but getting what you want going upline will definitely require finesse. Oh, you have enough money saved up for that Silverado Ram F-150, but M wants the kitchen remodeled. Strike that from the influence consideration. You're not going to win that battle. Dredd says here that he wishes he could provide a simple blueprint for the skill of using words and deeds to influence, but is unable. But he has provided three main points on the topic. First, movement must be voluntary. The result, the strong effect, is an advantageous change to the status quo from which the impacted person formally found himself. What he was prior to impact is not as good as where he finds himself afterwards. His circumstances have been changed for the better. That is the advantage. Confronted with people who can't or won't initiate movement in their own lives, the high-impact man might be tempted to compel movement through the force of his will rather than initiate it through the strong effect of his forcible contact. Because he is a virtuous leader, the high-impact man will resist that temptation because he knows that it will not work. He is also restrained by his personal guardrails, which will not allow him to resort to compulsion to achieve an outcome that he wants. Knowing what he knows and being who he is, the high-impact man employs persuasion rather than compulsion to initiate movement. Second, movement is a release of energy. Ignition is the act of setting something on fire and starting it to burn. It is the transformation of energy from the potential to the kinetic. Potential energy resides in something held motionless by restraint, like water impounded behind a dam. That restrained energy cannot be transferred until it is released and begins to flow. Likewise, the potential of a man. To become kinetic, to be transferable, it must be released into movement. The high-impact man helps other men do this by influencing them to open the floodgates of their lives and let the water flow. He does this primarily through example, by the way he talks and the things he does. Seeing this in the high-impact man and the effect it has, the sad clown is infected with a palpable desire to initiate movement in his own life. Finally, the high-impact man influences through word and deed. The methods by which a high-impact man influences other people are a matter of his own skill and hard wiring. But the means that all high-impact men use are essentially the same. 
word and deed. He ignites a powerful desire of movement in other people by the things he says, and the way he says them, and the things he does, and the way he does them. Through the combination of word and deed, the high-impact man persuades people to abandon their inert life and begin movement away from the status quo. By convincing them that they can do that something that they already want to do, he leads them to then convince themselves that they must do it, or at least try. And it's the trying that really matters. With that as an overview, here's the substantive portion from a classic episode of the 43 Feet Podcast with Dread and Dark Helmet talking about influence. Indeed. Well, good. Yeah. No, That's uh, what uh, we're about here, Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> it is. In fact, it's so much what we're about. But don't skip ahead. No, I'm not skipping ahead. Because that's substantive today. I'm not skipping you got to wait. You can't do the rest. In fact, let's start by uh, going ahead and rolling the opening. Oh, good call. Good. And we're and back. back. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to 43 Feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front. But that means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. My name is Frank Schwartz, known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers, and I'm joined each week by Dave Redding, or Dread, one of the co-founders of F3 Nation. We're going to answer your questions, pontificate wildly, teach leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. The substantive portion. Indeed. Uh, you know what, Dread? Take as long as you need. Thank you very much. Darkest of all. Uh, this week's... Not, uh, not ironically, is on influence. Uh, on influence. Thank yeah. you. And that's the Q2.2, if you're following if along you're following our idiotic numbering, numbering system. And this is in the second quadrant, to live right. Mm-hmm. right? This is uh, the pursuit of purposefulness. The yes. dedication to purposefulness is the second quadrant. The statement for influence is igniting a palpable desire for movement. Let me say that again, Darkest. Please. Igniting a palpable desire for movement. As always, we have three thought-provoking Socratic questions. First, can you force a man to help himself? Mm. Second, I like that. Uh, How can one man help another man change his life? Third, what does influence actually look like? Yeah, that's a real good question. So, it does. What does it look like? All right, first, movement must be voluntary. Movement must be voluntary. Yeah. Pod Packers, you see the excitement with which that statement, uh, which which Darkest met that statement. Um, the uh, high impact man engages in this uh, forcible contact, right, for strong effect. What he's seeking to help another guy have is an adva- advantageous change to his life, right? Mm-hmm. He's stuck in this thing, you know. These guys in Sand Hills are like, you guys would do better, uh, would do better if you weren't. Uh, if you had a little mentoring, right? Right. So we're going to help you gain advantage in your lives in this way. Uh, so they force their way into their lives, right. you know, in a sense, right? For, they but go to them. I was going to say. We talked in, about in that last talk, week. Yes, right. there we go. They go to them, right? They didn't go kicking doors down. No, no. But they, <laughs> Everybody on the ground and get right. mentored. In, in the same way, you know, you go to your sad clown buddy. Hey, man, everything okay? It's good, it's man. Fine. Hey, I want to come spend some time. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Right. You're going to have to... Be slick about it. Right. Okay, I need help. Right. Well, if you or, need help. I got a, yeah. I got this project. I got, yeah, whatever That's right. it is. Because let's face it, you're not going to move. Most people don't. Movement is beyond the ken of most people. It is. It's just not something they're going to do. 
if you they if they, <laughs> we always just say like in in psychology classes right if the patient knew the problem and could fix the problem he would they wouldn't be there he wouldn't be there yeah uh, a survivor just can't move yeah yeah you know, if he want he's broken the sad clown can move but he won't because he's not right yeah so he's going to cling to a status quo he has the ability right it just ain't gonna happen that's right now. Because we're high-impact men running around full of energy and vim and vigor and all that stuff, we're going to be tempted to compel movement. Yeah. Compel it. Yeah. You know, by Sticks. gosh, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it for your own benefit, right? Uh, the primary reason why we shouldn't is simply because it does not work. Forcing a man to move uh, by, you know, hitting him with an emotional cattle prod will only work <laughs> as long as you're still sticking him with that prod. <laughs> you have to spend a lot of time there. And it, yeah, and it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You may get some short-lived something. Right. You've yeah. got to do it, and the high-impact man does it through persuasion, not compulsion. That's the, yes. big, that's the big difference. And uh, in F3, we define persuasion as the initiation of first movement. And you do that through influence, yeah. by igniting a palpable desire for movement in his, man, in his heart. Now, later, in the next quadrant, we're going to talk about persuasion. That's one of the right. cue points. It's one of the, the leadership, it's a leadership yeah. skills to be able to persuade. But suffice it now, while you're living right, in the second uh, quadrant, you want to be a guy that generally persuades. You, mm -hmm. you influence people to movement through the things you do and the way you do them, things you say and the way you say them, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of the key. So that's the first spur. Second spur, movement is a release of energy. Okay, that's one yeah. way to look at it. So you could look at it like, i got to take this slug, this thing that ain't moving and somehow get it moving. A lot of guys are more like potential energy that needs to be turned kinetic. Mm -hmm. So you picture a dam right. impounding water. You ever mm -hmm. been inside the guts of a dam? I uh, have not. Okay, it's it's really different than you think it's going to be. So in my military training, we would do that to like figure out how to blow one up. Sure. And I remember being in a, in a dam for the first time and the, the dam master or whatever he was called <laughs> showing us the components <laughs> of it, right? And uh, it's actually got you. You're, you can get inside it. Okay. With the gauges yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. And we put our hands against the wall on the on the on the on the impounded side. So the water. The water on the side. side. Okay. And it's vibrating. It's alive. I'm like, what is that? And the dam master said, Well, that's that's the that's just the tension. Whoa, that's terrifying. Like, yeah, no, it is. That water wants to get down. Yeah. The stream. It does not want to be impounded. You are in between oh, water and its downhill destiny. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's and basically what it is. That's a lot of water. It's the same for a man, actually, as it turns out. Mm -hmm. uh, they just need somebody to release that energy. That's what the hymn actually does. Uh, and you can see it. I know you've seen it, mm -hmm. in guys, that you've worked with. And they're like, boy, this guy's out here for three weeks, and suddenly he's like exploding. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. That's what happens. That's why Wegmania is sweeping no, the nation. Like, what, the Wegonator is a great example, yeah. right? Uh, I remember the first time I saw the Wegonator. Uh, and I showed up, I think I was at the fort or whatever, mm -hmm. and this guy pops up on my screen. I said, what, who or, and or what are you? Right. He says, I'm the Wegman. I said, no, you're the Wegonator. Right. <laughs> you're the Wegatron. Look at you. Look at you. Vibrating like a dam. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to explode. It's got know? a lot of potential yeah, energy got, back there. Just want to get kinetic. Yeah. So, you know, the young Wegonator wants to get kinetic. Well, that's, that's true, right? Somebody had obviously ignited a palpable desire for movement. And I mean, he, and, and, and that was evident because mm -hmm. palpable means plainly perceived. You know, it's a yearning. All you're really doing as the him when you influence a man in this way is you're driving what was once buried, held yeah. back. You're driving it to the surface. And that's why we call it free to lead. Right. 
It's, that's right. where the heart of that comes from. It's, it, I mean, it's the same. I mean, I know we come back to it all the time. It's the same kind of analogy where it's like it's in there. It's in you there. just got to knock off the. That's right. The what's not that. That's you know, right. Or, the, or just open the one door. You know, whatever it is, right? That's right. Just let it happen. Just let it happen, baby. Um, you unblock the dam. Yeah. All right. Third spur. Yes. The hymn influences through word and deed. Through yes. Word and deed. Uh, and I'm going to say, really, it's a combination of the two. It's funny. Uh, Agony sermon last week was on this. Uh, oft-repeated but apparently fake proclamation that's attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, which is uh, to, to spread the gospel, you know, um, what is it? Always preach. Oh, and sometimes use words. Use words when necessary. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Always yeah. be preaching the gospel. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, and I, that's a, that is, if you go to church in a lukewarm corridor, that is to the lukewarm corridor pastor as let's say brick houses to a wedding band. I mean, it's in everybody's <laughs> repertoire. Right. You know you're going to get it, right? And everybody will get up and dance. That's not the song. Yeah. Brick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get up there and do your white man overbite, you know. But as soon as it's, you know, it, it dissipates, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the mist in sure. the morning dew as soon as the sun gets out because it's yeah. meaningless, it's, right? It's so goo. Agony said that St. Francis never said that. And he's rolling and over. In fact, he was a guy who was it. known for jumping on a hail bay and you know using his words. Uh, so uh-huh. when I was going to church in the Lukewarm Corridor, every couple of weeks or yeah. months, whatever, in our men's group, I could always tell when a guy who hadn't been there, you know, was fairly new. Uh-huh. I could see the look on his face, be kind of like schmarmy, and I knew he's gearing up to say you it. Can't wait. Here and it comes. I'd say it, and I go, "I'm gonna stop you there for a second. Push back just a little." <laughs> this poor kid. He well, just showed up. It was like usually it. an older guy. Well, that's what who yeah. would say that. Yeah, and. And I would say, because what we're working at in this particular group that we had started, OBT and I had started in our church, was we were trying to energize guys to actually yeah, do stuff, do things and say, you know, use the yeah. Bible and actually say the words, right? Right. And church we happened to be going to that wasn't strong on that. So we were trying to go in that way. I said, you know, the problem with what you're saying is it kind of centers on do-gooderism. Be a good guy and let your actions speak. Okay, that's fine, but how do I, as the non-believer, know that it's your where your good actions are coming from? Mm-hmm. How do I know? I need to hear your was now. I was not a good guy. Right. What's that? And this happened. Let's hear it. And here yeah. I am now. Right. That's why it works. If we just rolled around in F three, showing up at you know in towns and like, oh, but he's in good shape. How would they know unless we rolled out the guy? which is all of us to say, I was 30 or 40 pounds overweight, I was lonely, I had no purpose in my life, then F3 happened, and, you know, it changed my life. Right. That's F3 testimony. So same from a religious standpoint, if you're trying to disciple a guy, you got to tell him why it works. you got to equate it to the words of the gospel or it's not going to work. Right. And just going like, I'm a good guy, Figure it out for yourself. Say, or, or just like it happens, you know, sometimes way down range. Right. You know, you think to yourself, guys are like, well, this is just something John made up and we do in his backyard. Right. No. That's right. You know, because it, it's more than that. I'm afraid you're going to have to speak it. <laughs> right. Gonna or as C.S. To. Lewis put it, you know, you might just be a good guy because God gave you good digestion. That's what you wrote. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, I'm going to say there's a million ways sure. to influence the word indeed. Um, it's who you are, man. You know, you use a different method than I do. Sure. Uh, I can be a little more confrontational. I hadn't noticed. Uh, than you, and I'm a lot funnier than you are. Uh, no, no you're, kidding. You're a very funny guy. Uh, but that that's what works for me. In my mind, I think of myself as a funny dick. You know, like 
kind of dick around, but I'm funny yeah. in a no. way, which I think I am. Uh, but that's what I do. But you know the difference or the the, the sameness in there? And maybe this is what you were going to say, and I apologize if I'm jumping it, but uh, self-facing parenthetical. Uh, it's born out of love. Well, it has to be out of love. Both ways, though. Right. Right? It doesn't right. matter what the style is. True, and that gets to the kind of the four mm-hmm. things that apply to all guys, no matter what your thing is, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because this is the, over time I observed that influential guys came in all sizes and flavors or whatever. Sure. All different skills. Uh, and I could emulate Summer, but ultimately I had to come down and just be who I was and right. accept that. Right. But there's four four common characteristics of the high impact man who influences through word and deed. And one is first one is that there's something different about them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just stick out in a way, right? They're different. Um, they're different from the other people, like say in the organization that you're in, mm-hmm. um, because they just won't go along with the status quo to get along. Just can't they do just it. stick out, yeah. even when it's in their benefit to do so. Their immediate benefit. Yeah. Even, yeah. I mean, they, they, they're sacrificial in that way. Yeah. They stick mm-hmm. out in that way. They just won't go along with it. Yeah. You know, they don't encourage you to abandon your own um, values, you know, uh, just, to, just to get through the next day. Right. You know, they encourage you to go ahead and live them out and take the, take the, take the pounding for them. Right. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Second characteristic. They tend to be really clear and uncompromising speakers. You know, as we get through the rest of... Uh, the Q source, we're going to return to the goo and goo nation thing. But that's the heart of goo is I never even understand what a goo dispenser is really even saying. What's good? I mean, yeah. In my job today as a lawyer, I talked to a, a member of the government, state government. and this, <laughs> If you could see the eye rolls that are happening I just, right now. <laughs> it was, I'm talking around the phone and she's just got the goo hose on full blast. Uh-huh. And it takes forever for me because I got to sit there and wait till she stops talking and ask her try to get her to clarify what she's telling me. Uh-huh. And of course she can't explain it because she's never thought about it. She's just a goo dispenser. Her words, mm. and you know, they're, they're not clear and uncompromising. They're soft around the edges. They're, you know, she's saying we when she means I. Of course I'm trying to persuade her so I don't ask her if she's got a mouse in her pocket, you know. Sure. But she's speaking in the passive voice. Mistakes were made. We right. learned. Bap, bap, bap. And I have no idea what she's talking about, and neither does she, but that's not, and this happened to this one particular person, but that's not clear and uncompromising speech. It's very uninfluential. It doesn't, it does not, it does not leave me with a palpable desire for movement. Mm-hmm. It leaves me with a unpalpable desire to lie down and take a nap. In fact, that's what I was doing when you got here. <laughs> because of her. I needed, a, I needed to, I really did. I, I took a, a post-goo nap. <laughs> to try to re-energize There's a lot myself. of carbs in there You, you gotta, talk to a yeah. high impact man he, You're charged up You're like I didn't even get enough sleep last night But I feel like going out and doing something hmm. I mean I feel like rolling, rolling down to the sand hills And helping those guys with their whetstone over in the uh, In the homeless shelter I mean yeah. that fires me up right But a, a an uninfluential person A goo dispenser leaves you with this, the opposite Like it's too hard Mistakes were made Use words if necessary <laughs> Alright the reason why they're like that uh-huh. is because they're right. They're in the upright position, yes, right? properly aligned. Properly aligned with themselves, with their concentrica, with their creator. They know what the heck they're doing. Yeah. Their hearts are pure and unadulterated by fear and anxiety. That's what I was going to say is that they, they have shuffled off that worry about, That's right. oh, well, what, what, uh, right. what is people going to think? What are people going to think? Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. Third characteristic. 
their deeds are unselfish. I mean, not perfect. You know, no, but, saying, they're, but, but they're but, born out of unselfishness. They've sacrificed their ambitions yeah. to the greater good. And you can see it, right? Um, but they do it without, you know, seeking a flinty martyrdom, right? They're not looking to say, oh, look what I did. Yeah. They just yeah. go about their business, living third, living for others, speaking clearly, and they make you just want to do the same thing, right? You can tell that they've taken what they need and they've subordinated it to the group's advantage, and those are the people you want to follow. All right, now, fourth and finally, they approach problem sol- solving like pros rather than amateurs. Mm-hmm. All right, so a couple quick definitions. Problems uh, you know, are those undesirable circumstances that create a group disadvantage that can and must be remedied important point for us here in f3 group disadvantage that can and must be remedied yeah can and must be remedied is is a is a big part of it too because there's also those things that can't those are conditions and that's the those are disadvantages that cannot be remedied they may well be disadvantages but you can't do anything about them right in the summertime in this part of this uh, north carolina we get thunderstorms, mm-hmm. you know, every day, every couple of days. That ain't ever going to stop. Can't do nothing about that. And, you know, there's no solution to that because it's a circumstance. It's a condition, right? A condition, yeah. It's something to be learned to live with. Get right. an umbrella. <laughs> or learn to love being soaked. You right. know? <laughs> Either <laughs> you way. Pick. Either way. Yeah. But, you know, uh, the other <clears throat> thing is about these guys is not only are they problem solvers rather than condition whiners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The problem. <laughs> I like the way you did it. Their pro- I didn't mean to do it. I just their me. problems are big P problems. Yeah. Meaning they affect a lot of people. Which, They're checkpoint approved. Which, yes, now you're getting the point out there about yeah. why we're pulmoning, right? We're yeah. trying to get to that idea where men are identifying big P problems, coming up with crazy solutions that no one thinks will work, and then just doing them. Right. Right? That's impact, right? They're just doing them, not waiting around for somebody else to tell them it's okay. Right? Yeah. Because you run and run, you catch you up with the sun, but it's sinking. That's right. Racing around and coming up behind you again. That's not the song. That's All right. not the song. Now, those, that's, what, that's what an influencer looks like. That's what a high-impact man looks like. They're the type of guy who would rather cast a light if it's possible and necessary. But they're not going to curse the darkness if it isn't, right? Right. They're, they're just that kind of guy. They're about movement. They're about motion, right? Yeah. They're durable mutts. Right? Yeah. Durable mutts. Roof dogs. Because you know what, my brother? What's that? Tramps like us. Uh. Baby, we're born to run. <laughs> you know, Franklin? <laughs> <laughs> and the circle is complete. Yes, sir. You got to face the radio, man. Ah, uh, I hate to correct you. This is a podcast. It is! Thanks for listening to 43 Feet, a leadership podcast. If you have questions about leadership, F3, or anything else, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com. Until next time, we'll be here in the unknown, the uncomfortable, the difficult. The 43 Feet, out front.